0: Hello, it's the first DCM podcast of 2024. It's a new year and I'm feeling energised and excited for the year ahead this month on the podcast we're repeating what we did in January 2023 on the podcast in an attempt to make this an annual feature and we have the DCM agency business directors on to talk about how 2023 was for them and what they're hoping for and looking forward to in 2024 but before we get into that let's chat about the latter stages of last year and how this year has started by far the biggest film has been Paul King's Wonka it's been something of a sensation to be honest and today it's delivered 5.4 million DCM admissions and the latest film monitor data suggests that across Across the industry it has so far delivered 15 16 34 adult tvrs and it's not done yet either there's plenty more to come The rom-com has been threatening to make a comeback on cinema in recent years with Ticket to Paradise and The Lost City being the standout successes but those films were led by Hollywood royalty and in cinemas at the moment is Anyone But You starring Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. It opened on Boxing Day and made an inauspicious start but now in its fourth week it's set to deliver its strongest week yet and could still hit 1 million DCM admissions. It's a genuine word-of-mouth sensation. It bodes well for upcoming similarly-themed films such as Challengers in April... Colleen Hoover's It Ends With Us on the 21st of June and the as yet untitled Scarlett Johansson Channing Tatum romantic comedy in cinemas in July. Also performing strongly is True Life Drama One Live, starring Anthony Hopkins. It opened on New Year's Day and will shortly hit 600,000 admissions and could get very close to 1 million admissions too before the end of its run. And finally, the big awards contender in cinemas at the moment is Poor Things, which has started very strongly and should easily clear half a million admissions over the next few weeks. The BAFTA nominations have just been announced and Poor Things received, I think, 11 nominations, just behind Oppenheimer, which received a huge 13 nominations. Some other exciting news is that the DCM estate has grown recently. We've recently begun working with the Light Cinemas, who operate 13 cinemas and 99 screens across the country, and they make up over, just over 2% of the UK cinema emissions. We're delighted to be working with them. So let's move on to my chats with the agency business directors here at DCM. So I'm now joined by Barney Gibson, who is agency business director on the Omnicom Group. Hi, Barney, how are you? Hi,
1: Tom. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> How was 2023 for you? Yeah, 2023 was was really good. Um, it wasn't without its challenges. Let's be honest. I think the writer strike and actor strike was slightly difficult for that to navigate for us with the slate. But I think having worked over COVID previously, like we're we're used to change and we're very resilient and fleet of foot, but that aside, I think it was a great year for us at DCM, like we won commercial team of the year, the campaign awards, we are finalists at sales team of the year at media week, um, and then loads of individuals have sort of been celebrated individually for stuff across the industry, which makes me really proud to work here. Yeah, I'm proud to work here as well. And, I, yeah. and you're right. I mean, what, once we survive COVID, we can take anything. Oh, yeah. The world is asked to conquer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On your patch, what was your big success story of 2023? So I never like this question because I always forget something. And what someone from agency always calls me up and says, why didn't you mention this? But I think overall, I'd say I'm most proud that my clients this year have kind of embraced creativity more. So I've got a lot of uh, regular spenders that um, uh, know how hard work cinema works with their schedules um, and invest a lot of money in it, but they've really sort of amped things up this year. So a couple of examples of things like Audi, they've always been a big um, cinema spender, but this year they also have done Screen X for the first time, which um, is an amazing ad in a 270 degree format. Um, they also have... Sponsored the award season, so a new thing for them to do um, just keeps things fresh. REF again, consistent spenders, they dipped their toe in the water with 40X. Um, the client absolutely loved it, and now they're going to do a fully fledged sponsorship, which was just announced today. Yeah, that's hot off the press, hot isn't it? Hot off the press, so, so exclusive you us, for you there, Tom. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, so um, the ads will be fully immersive in uh, across all 4DX screens in Cineworld, um, and there will also be eye-dense and cross-promotional stuff across other touch points across Cineworld, so on their digital panels, on their websites, on their online assets, so just kind of owning... 40x experience um, more so than just placing that ad there like they were doing before. Whilst that has been launched in 2024, much of the, most of the hard work would have been done in 2023? Yeah and the client actually did the ad originally in 2023 just as a standard buy and so from there it's evolved into a bigger sponsorship so it was a 2023 success story and then also I'm really proud of my team this year. I think We've really come into our own and there's been lots of individual successes from them, whether that's big commercial deals that they've done or smaller wins with new clients. Yeah, it's been a good year for everybody. That's great, Barney. And apologies
0: in advance to anyone who Barney's missed out. Like <laughs> it's like doing an award <laughs> scene thank you speech, isn't it?
1: I already have missed one out that I know I wanted to talk about, but it's fine. So after such a good 2023, what are your hopes for 2024, Barney? So I think just more of the same, really, but bigger and better. I kind of want the rest of my Omnicom patch to be inspired by some of the creativity that other brands have been embracing this year and get inspired themselves and and want to amp up their cinema schedule and try and do something slightly different. So that's kind of my ambition is to work with those clients and show them fresh things that they can do with cinema and how they can think about cinema differently. And why is the cinema medium still relevant in 2024? So I think 2023 uh, and Barbie Heimer really showed that cinema continues to draw huge cultural moments. Um, and we were literally, me, me and you, were asked this week, what is the next Barbie moment in 2024? I think I've been asked that every week since July. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just impossible to predict, isn't it? But I think with cinema... It offers a unique opportunity because there's almost hundreds of cultural moments throughout the year. It doesn't have to be a huge Barbie moment that kind of permeates throughout wider culture. Whether you're a like fan of superheroes or uh, Wicked or musicals, there's always something for some audience. And there's an opportunity for a brand to tap into the excitement and hype that comes with the fan base of those particular genres. The exciting thing about Barbie and Oppenheimer
0: is it, was, it felt so fresh and exciting because we hadn't seen it coming from a year
1: away, had we? Exactly, yeah. I think that was kind of the thing where everyone was taken away by it and got sold into the hype and just, yeah, it just was...
0: Yeah, it was an amazing, it was an amazing period. But you're right, we've got some very exciting films coming out, which we'll come on to very shortly. So um, what challenges are your clients telling you that they're facing
1: this year? So, I kind of hate to say it. I'm sure everyone will say the same thing, but cost of living crisis. Just hear it in every kind of briefing that I have from a client. Pretty much every brand is facing their own challenges with inflation, whether that's from supplier levels or their marketing budgets being squeezed, um, or even just their marketing budgets being super analysed more than they were before. I think that's the biggest challenge for most of them. And I don't think that's something that's going to be unique to cinema. That's going to be across all media. So I don't think it's something that's um, going to hit cinemas uniquely. It's going to hit every every um, medium out there. But we're already starting to see much more positive outlooks for 2024 20, um, advertising budgets, which hopefully means we're getting past the worst of it. That's good. So before I ask you one
0: thing you'd really like to sell this year, last year your answer to this question was that you would like to sell more family content. Yes. How did that go for you? I think it went well yeah <laughs> I,
1: think I, I think I did it yeah. it's like an appraisal this it is yeah I mean I've just had my appraisal
2: but if you <laughs> want me to get it out I'll go through it with you um,
1: but yeah yeah, we, we did sell more family this year so we did a long term deal with McDonald's who um, brought into every single family film um, with their Happy Mill brand and they expanded on that this year and brought digital panels to complement that and made it a, a, a bigger thing we sold more premium spots in family films we have done before and whilst probably not strictly a family film in that it doesn't sit in our family agp wonka is a huge family audience and we sold two of those premium spots six months out before and those brands are very happy aren't they they're very happy with their over deliveries and two of them are mine so i've got some (laughs) very happy clients there (laughs) so what would you most like to sell this year so i'm going to go rogue again (laughs) that's the way barney operates yeah So, I would really like to see brands do more with Bollywood. I think there's been some huge Bollywood films released in the last couple of years, and I think that has gone a bit unnoticed maybe by clients, Um, but on the flip side, we're being asked more than ever, how do we tap into more diverse audiences, Um, how do we own different genres and for context like last year I had to look at some numbers Bollywood did like four million emissions which is pretty much on a par of Oppenheimer and some other big blockbuster releases yeah. so it's a huge opportunity for a brand to kind of own that across the year um, so yeah I'd really like brands to do more around Bollywood and and take ownership of that genre that's a great answer because the biggest South Asian Bollywood films of the last few
0: years it came out last year. So, Bhutan yeah. did 450,000 admissions. Jiwan, it's a part of it's because Shahrukh Khan came back, the big yeah. star of Bollywood. But looking ahead to this year, there's already some very exciting Bollywood yeah, titles exactly. on the schedule. There's one called Fighter, which is out at the end of January, which looks like Top Gun Maverick and it stars Deepika Padukone, who's got 78 million followers on Instagram. You know, these are huge stars, and yeah, I think yeah. it's not just limited to. Popularity in South Asia and India now as yeah. well. I think that South, Bollywood and South Asian films are only going one way. So, what films? Don't test you... me on it next year though, if I've sold it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that next yeah. year. Um,
1: what films are you most looking forward to this year, Barn? So, am I allowed more than one? Or... You can have whatever you want, Barn. Can have whatever I want. So, I think the three I'm most looking forward to are Deadpool three. I love. Deadpool I love Ryan Reynolds I like to go to cinema to be entertained occasionally I'll go to like a gritty drama or a documentary or something like that but I tend to go because I've had a stressful day and I just want to relax and laugh and Deadpool gives me all of that Um, so I'm really looking forward to that yeah and that's one of the biggest films for 1634 men this summer and I am slightly outside of that age bracket, but I am a man. <laughs> we're both outside of that age bracket, but I'm a long way out of that age bracket. Another film I'm looking forward to this year is Beetlejuice 2. We were talking about it yesterday. I think I'm excited to see what they do with it. I love the original. It's probably one of my all-time favourite films, or the, one of the films I've watched the most. So I'm excited to see... That return with the original cast. Yeah, Michael Keaton's back. Winona Ryder's back. Yeah. And
0: they've added Jenna Ortega, who I think is a good addition. addition. Uh, um, We've been asked, haven't we, what the big breakout films are going to be this year. I feel like that could be one of them because there's a lot of love for Beetlejuice. And if Michael Keaton is as arresting as he was in the first one i feel like that could take off
1: because it's tim burton again as well yes so yeah i'm really really looking forward to that but that's That's a bit later yeah a bit later september and the last one i think i might have said this last time but it moved on the schedule (laughs) um but i actually am really looking forward to challenges we saw some of it when we were in Cine europe last year um and zendaya came out and spoke about it on stage it's a bit of a passion project for her and i just think it looks really fun and like, dramatic, and a bit saucy. Yeah, it, is, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, looks, it does look sexy, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, I didn't want to say sexy. For yeah, no, yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that would be an exciting film. The trailer makes it look really, really good, so...
0: And I already mentioned it, but it's worth mentioning that Anyone But You is doing really well in cinemas at the moment. And So the, the, there is the appetite for romantic comedy, isn't there? Yeah. It? And well, whilst they, this feels a bit grittier, yeah, I, was say, I think it's star-led comedy and drama. And I think that's coming back this year in a big way. Yeah. So that's my three. Thanks, Barney. It's been great chatting to you as always. You too, Tom. So I'm now joined by Louise Yule, who is business director on Group M. Hi, Louise.
3: Hello, Tom. How are you?
0: I'm well, thanks. How are you?
3: I'm OK. It was a little bit cold this morning, but I've warmed up now. It
0: is chilly outside. It's freezing. But the intensity of this chat will warm you up. Good. So how was 2023? 2023.
3: 2023 was amazing, Um, so we finished in a really good place in terms of revenue, so revenue's finished up 5% year on year, which I think is an amazing achievement actually, especially in a market where TV finished down 8% year on year, so we're still very, very much bouncing back. We're in a really good place, Um, and the one thing I would want to say is obviously that admissions were bolstered by the massive success of Barbenheimer, Um, obviously between those two films now they've done 13 million admissions, um, and Barbie on its own has done 8.5 million admissions um, and when you look at the tvrs that those films have done so you know barbie's done 50 16 34 women tvrs that
0: is mad isn't it's it?
3: it's bonkers i used to buy telly a very long time ago which is something i often talk about and i know that that's a lot of ratings and actually for context you would need to buy 20 spots in coronation street to do the same thing so that should give you an idea of the scale of how well barbie has done
0: on your patch what was your big success story of 2023
3: we had a few successes worth talking about, actually. So, um, like the business, we had a really good year in terms of revenue. So, we we on Group M finished pretty much flat versus 2022. Again, a really great result in a market that was down year on year. We especially had a really strong Q4. Uh, our Q4 accounted for almost a third of our full year spend. Um, and we saw some really big spenders in Q4 from the likes of Audible and Google and Sky and DE so Christmas was really big for us Uh, we've also grown spends on some key brands um, and two that I would want to talk about is Unilever and L'Oreal so for us these two brands has always been very much a long term goal to get them on and it's working Um, and we've also got some new brands on in 2023 including Audible who is now Group M's biggest spender Um, and we also got Booking.com and Trainline on last year so a really successful year
0: what are your hopes 2024?
3: So to do more creative work and more long-term partnerships with Group M. I think 2023 was really great for us, but the bulk of our business still, I would say, is screen time, which is brilliant. But I think we've got a lot of exciting long-term partnerships here that we can sell. So my really, my really big ambition this year is to get some of these over the line. So I'm thinking the likes of Blockbuster opening weeks, um, turn your phone off packages for DX or a film partnership, the list could go on. But I'm just more than anything keen to start going outside of the box and and not just screen time and jazz it up a little bit.
0: That's exciting, Lou. Why is the cinema medium still relevant in 2024?
3: For me, and this is something that really resonates as an ex-TV buyer, So we're still seeing a decline in TV impacts and notably on main TV trading audiences. So in 2023, 1634 adult impacts were down 11% year on year and 1634 women impacts were down 12% year on year. Despite the odd months where individual stations saw an increase year on year based around, I don't know, sport or events TV, overall impacts are down across the board for 2023. And 2024 is also looking to continue to decline. Um, so if you look at 2024, we're predicting 1634 adult impacts to be down 12% versus 2023. So very much a state of decline in the world of TV. Admissions, on the other hand, in cinema continue to grow. So as I said, admissions were up in 2023. And we're also expecting admissions to grow in 2024 by 3%, I think, Tom. Is that still the yeah, latest? year yeah. yeah. So for me, cinema is still very much where the eyeballs are and we're still a great place to reach that 1634 audience where they're getting harder and harder to reach on TV.
0: So you've obviously been speaking a lot to your clients and the agencies you work with and what are the challenges aside from declining TV impacts that they say they're facing?
3: One of the main ones is that planning is getting more and more complex, Uh, so more and more clients are creating different edits of a TVC for different platforms. And no longer really relying on just one creative or a simple cut down of one creative for the likes of something like YouTube. And then the brands are working out, obviously, with agencies, which medium best suits the different copies. Obviously, this provides a challenge for the agency and makes planning more complex as they're having to take so many more things into consideration and have more and more conversations. With some global clients as well, creatives are being made centrally out of the US, for example, making it even harder for agencies tackling what local market options are available. But I think this is an opportunity for cinema, so it's creating more and more opportunities to showcase these great creatives on the big screen. This gives the agencies the chance to offer the client a real breadth of channels and open up more cinema opportunities. So I think clients will hopefully be more susceptible to what the strengths of cinema are and how we can make a creative really stand out. You know, thinking about such things as are we maximising the sounds and the detail with Dolby and the big screen, for example.
0: Last year, I asked you what is one thing you'd really like to sell this year. What would you really like to sell in 2024? You've already mentioned Blockbuster Opening Weeks. and
3: That's the one. Is that the one for you? That's the one. There's a lot. We've got a lot of really good packages this year. We've got family packages. We have got the Turn Your Phone Off um, package, which is really popular. But for me, it's Blockbuster Opening Weeks because it offers so many opportunities for a brand, you know, to have access to the biggest films across the course of a year. Um, And also have ownership of the eye dense. for me that's the one I've got in my eye line
0: and have you got any thoughts in what sort of brands it would really work well with for
3: I think it could work for a number of brands um and I'd be open to taking it out to anything to a supermarket or to you know a big entertainment brand or to a mobile phone brand you know I, I'm pretty open and, and looking forward to the conversations really
0: Okay, so let's talk about films. Obviously, you're a big Spider-Man film, fan. We've got no Spider-Man film this year. Gutted. How are you feeling about Gutted. that?
3: Gutted. Don't talk to me about it.
0: What film are you most looking forward to? Or what films are you most looking forward to?
3: There's a few, actually. Um, I'm really looking forward to Back to Black. You won't be surprised to hear that at all. You know I love my music.
0: That's the Amy Winehouse biopic, which is out on the 12th of April, starring Marissa Abela as Amy Winehouse.
3: You know I love music, and I'm really looking forward to that film. And... Obviously, when you look back at music biopics recently, they've done really, really well. Um, if you think about Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, I Want to Dance with Somebody. So, you know, on a personal level, I'm really excited about it, but I also think it's going to do the numbers as well. Um, it's going to be really big for 1634 women. So, I'd say for any brands out there who are running a 1634 adult you know, or women A V plan across April, this would really be a good addition, really.
0: Any other films? You said you had a few.
3: I do have a few. Okay. The other one, and you might be surprised, is Despicable Me Four. <laughs> so I know Nothing surprises well, me, Lou. I have a thirteen year old boy, which means I've seen all of the others and I've probably enjoyed them more than him. So I'm now hugely invested into this series. Um I love Gru. I love the minions so yeah I'm really looking forward to that one And
0: that is going to be massive like all of the despicable me sequels and minions films have grossed between 47 and 48 million pounds at the UK box office which I is one of the I think the most bonkers facts in modern box office that like genuinely despicable me 2 despicable me 3 minions minions the rise of gru almost grossed exactly the same number at the uk box office
3: see i'm not really surprised because they are so popular and it is that cultural moment that we always talk about and that is one of the best examples i can think of of it because when those films are out it's everywhere yeah. um, and people like me get really excited
0: that's good any other films you wanted to mention
3: mufasa as well. The Lion King. Yeah, Mufasa, which is out on the 20th of December. Again, on a personal level, I love it. I love, you know, the the Lion King film that came out in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. With um, 8 million DC admissions. Again, a huge number. And again, which is why I think this is going to be absolutely massive for Christmas as well. I would say those are probably the main ones. Paddington as well. And I would say on Paddington in Peru, which is released on the 8th of November, that that is the film that we're being asked the most about at the moment by agencies. It's obviously got that nostalgia feel. It's a great title for Christmas.
0: It's got a link with Wonka as well, because Paul King, who directed Wonka, directed the first two Paddington films. Yeah. So he's been in the conversation a lot, a bit recently, hasn't he?
3: He has. And I just think everyone loves Paddington. So, yeah, looking forward to that one as well.
0: That's great. Well, thanks for joining me, Lou.
3: Thank you for having me, Tom. Stay warm.
0: I will do. So I'm now joined by Alex Brooks, who is business director for Havas IPG and the independent agencies. Hi, Alex. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Tom. How are you? Good to be back. I'm really well, thanks. It's good to have you back. How was 2023 for you?
4: Yeah, 2023 was great. I mean, decent revenue was up 5% year and year. Our admissions are up 5% year and year as well. Uh, if you break it down for, for my patch as well, um, our revenue was up 5% year and year. Our brown count was up 7% year and year. So yeah, it's been it's been a good year um, and we have sort of outperformed the wider AV market. It's been, it's been a challenging year, um, but yeah, we've ended up finishing on a good position. So on your patch, what was your
0: big success story or success stories in 2023?
4: Tom, do you know what? I think the big success story for our patch this year has got to be our work with DCM Studios. So for those of you that don't know, DCM Studios are the content and partnerships arm of DCM. Um, and we've been working really closely with the team uh, at DCM Studios this year and uh, we actually have accounted for 50% of studios revenue so we're really proud of that and really proud of the work with studios and the brands that we've managed to get over, over the line. So I think some of the partnerships to call out, we've um, obviously got Kia on board who are uh, partners and proud supporters of independent cinema. Um, Lego have come on board um, and they've sponsored the kids club uh, at Picture House. We've had Little Moons who sponsored the uh, outdoor Cinema at Picture House in the summer season. Cowpole sponsored Big Scream uh, and Hodler Time. Uh, and finally, we had a, a really exciting partnership with NatWest uh, back in the summer. Um, it was a NatWest partnership with Sony, a film partnership with the Gran Turismo movie. So, yeah, it's been, been a really exciting and, and full on year.
0: That's amazing. So, um, what was your favourite film of 2023?
4: Where do I start, Tom? So, I think at the start of the year, Super Mario Bros. was one of the standouts for me. I mean, it's very nostalgic for us all. We've all grown up with um, Mario Bros. over the years, so that was a great way to to kick off the year. Other than the Barbenheimer. Uh, absolute cultural phenomenon in the middle of the year that we cannot go uh, without speaking when we're talking about 2023. For me, it was Napoleon. So when we were, do you remember when we were back in Cine Europe, back in June, looking at the slate for all the amazing movies that are coming out um, over the next 18 months? Napoleon was the one that really caught my eye. Ridley Scott, still directing 85 years old on the battlefield, and it did not disappoint. It was absolutely phenomenal. It's done really well at the box office. Uh, One of the surprise hits in Q4. So, yeah, fantastic. What are your hopes for 2024, Alex? So my hopes for 2024, I'd really like to see the AV market bounce back. Obviously, it was a really challenging time last year for AV in in whole. In um, but the early indicators are the market's going to bounce back this year. I'm hearing it could be as much as 2% up um, from 8 down last year. So that's great. I think we'll all be in a better position uh, if, the, if the AV market in telly bounces back. So that's uh, that's a hope. I really hope that audiences continue to grow. I have no doubt that that they'll continue to grow and we can continue welcoming more brands back to the big screen. And I'd really love the next James Bond to be announced this year. I'm excited. (laughs) I cannot wait. I think lots of times when we go and meet agencies, oh, Brooksy, do you know who the next James Bond is? Unfortunately, we don't have that inside gossip. But yeah, I'm hoping to to find out who is going to take on 007 next. Who would you like it to be? I'd love it to be Tom Hardy. Bit of an outside bet. I think the bookies' favourites at the moment is Aaron Taylor-Johnson. But Tom Hardy, he'd make a great Bond. I prefer Hardy to
0: Aaron Taylor-Johnson. He'd be brilliant. I do wonder if Tom Hardy's a little bit too old, though, because they obviously want someone for the next probably 15 years, don't they? Yeah, no, I I
4: think you're right. Maybe a bit too old and a bit too big. They might
0: want to go someone like early 30s. Yeah. Anyway, we digress with Bond there. So um, why is the cinema medium still relevant in 2024, Alex?
4: Tom, I actually think it's probably more relevant than ever. So we're in a fragmented AV landscape and I mean, there's many reasons why cinema should be on your AV plans. And I could sit here and we could talk about it for the next half an hour. But I think if I was to summarise three key points, why cinema should be on AV plans and why cinema is still relevant in 2024, I think number one would be quality reach. Cinema adds quality reach uh, to, to AV schedules Uh, Second of all, it would be a valuable audience. So um, cinema provides brands with a, a young and an affluent audience and they're also a light TV viewing audience that you can reach cost effectively in particular for for the 1634s and then that brings me on to I guess yeah the the third point would be cost effective attention so cinema reaches an attentive and premium audience cost effectively so yeah I think in summary those would be the top three and um, yeah it's super cheap to buy 1634s and young adults as well on cinema uh, versus the wider AV landscape so yeah
0: I appreciate the bullet points as well Alex no worries, no worries. So what challenges are your clients telling you that they're facing? You're obviously in contact with them a lot. What What are they most concerned about?
4: Number one, I'm sure it won't come as any surprise to you or to anybody or anybody listening out there, but budget cuts, budget cuts and budget cuts. So I think uh, sort of a knock-on effect from last year, Most AV teams, traders I'm speaking to at the moment, they're battling with budget cuts and second round of budget cuts. And it's a knock on effect of the cost of living crisis, the economic downturn, inflation, all the conflict going on across the the world at the moment. So that is something that they're battling with, we're battling with all media owners out there are battling with, Um, but also the the fragmentation in the AV market. So there's so many players out there that are now fighting for these reduced budgets in 2024. You've got everything. I mean, you just look at AV, you've got everything from broadcast, VOD, SVOD, uh, CTV, online video, YouTube, and then of course ourselves, the, the biggest and best screen in media, cinema.
0: Last year, I asked you, one, what is one thing you'd really like to sell in 2023? And your answer to this question was, you'd love to get Kia back for year two to continue the independent partnership. You've already touched on this and confirmed basically that they re- re-signed. Tell us a little bit about that and um, how pleasing that that was for you.
4: Yeah, though, it is absolutely amazing. Um, it's a fantastic partnership. Um, they are, as I said earlier, they're the, the proud um, supporters of independent cinema. I mean, not only is the partnership delivering on so many levels for Kia with sort of multiple touch points, it's also delivering on so many levels for independent cinema and our independent cinema partners up and down the country. So it's really helping for us to sort of keep a, to upkeep a viable and healthy sector. Uh, obviously, these guys—they um, independent cinema—I'm speaking about here—they have sort of been dragged through the mud in recent years. They had a really tough time off the back of COVID. They really hit rock bottom. So it's amazing to sort of be supporting the industry as well as delivering a 360-degree, fully integrated uh, partnership for Kia. So um, yeah, it's it's amazing, and partnership currently is uh, running until May, and um, we, we hope to work with Kia and and Havas and Ocean. And have us play moving forward, and hopefully renew them for for a third term, and just uh, evolve the partnership. So, is that what you'd most like to sell this year? Absolutely, that is uh, that is my number one uh, mission to to renew Kia to come back onto the independent gold spot partner and everything that falls um, falls within the partnership. But I, I guess a couple of other partnerships that I'd like to highlight that also will be. Having a, having a keen eye on. So we've just taken on The Light, The Light Cinema. So we're uh, out there talking to um, agencies and clients at the moment in market to try um, and sell some partnerships for, for The Light. So that would be great. That's uh, that's one of the the missions for this year. And then secondly, Tom, uh, a horror package. I feel there's, there's a trick that's being missed out there by, by advertisers. It's an opportunity that hasn't been snapped up. But not just my mission, but our mission here at DCM this year is to find a brand that's bold enough and brave enough to really come in and step into the horror space and own it and it's going to be a brand out there that's really looking to engage with the 1634s, Gen Z um, 1634s and Gen Z they love horror um, Tom you'll probably know better than me but the average audience profile for, for a horror movie is 60% 1634s Yeah sometimes and, higher in and in cases, very
0: highly 1624 as well Yeah
4: so it's um, a- a- as we all know um, the-, the horror genre has absolutely taken off in recent years and it's another absolutely cracking slate this year. So I think it's um, a fantastic opportunity for brand to come on and really own that Gen Z moment uh, on the big screen.
0: Yeah, I mean, just this morning, we were looking at some of the upcoming horror titles and, you know, they've got, you've got the first Omen in April, which looks really strong, like really well made. And then a couple of weeks later, you've got Abigail, which looks like a super fun horror. And then later on in the year, you've got things like a Quiet Place Day One and The Wolfman starring Christopher Abbott. I think there's some really strong t- titles in that space. So what films are you most looking forward to? this year alex
4: for me it's a lot of the sequels and the prequels so inside out 2 i cannot oh wait gosh, for can't that wait for that um absolute tearjerker remember crying in the cinema years ago um so can't wait for inside out 2 joker 2 i mean joker in 2019 was an absolute turnout no one expected it to be as good as it was so i am super excited um for backing phoenix to be returning to the screen lady gaga also joins the cast so rumored to be a musical um june 2 i mean we've been talking about june for well, june 2 for for months if not a, a year or so now tom but that comes out the start of march very excited for that and I've got really excited in the last couple of weeks or actually the last week um, for Mufasa so we all love The Lion King but rewatched uh, The Lion King um at the weekend and it just got me really excited can't wait to see the story of Mufasa coming out just before Christmas that key slot before uh, before the Christmas period begins so yeah lots of lots of films I'm excited for Tom what about you what's the film you're most excited for
0: that's a good question very excited for Furiosa the Mad Max prequel Uh, very excited for Challengers the Zendaya um, romantic drama stroke comedy I really want to see the full guy with Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt obviously Inside Out 2 Gladiator 2, a bit of Paul Mezcal, yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Fiscal. obviously Gladiator yeah. 2 as
4: well. Kung Fu Panda, where well that comes out. Oh yeah, end love of I It's been I love eight Kung years Panda. since we had yeah. the last Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Panda. Panda. I so, love Kung Fu Panda. Do you know what? When we've been rolling out our uh, content roadshow over the last few months, you talk about Kung Fu Panda, everybody's been really excited about it. So, um, yeah, looking forward to Poe coming back on the big screen. And it's recently
0: temporarily come off the schedule but it's going to come back I'm looking forward to Bong Joon-ho's Mickey 17 which was in March I'm assuming it's going to premiere at the Cannes Film Festival in May and will be out shortly afterwards but yeah very excited for for that.
4: Fantastic no I'm a very exciting slate head for the year. Thanks for joining me Alex. Thanks Tom cheers thanks for having me.
0: So I'm now joined by Tom Kane who is Agency Manager for Publicis. Hi Tom how are you?
2: I'm good, I'm good. Very excited to be sitting across the table from you, to be honest, Tom.
0: I think this is the first time that I've
2: ever had two Toms on this podcast. Media first. Yeah, it's that a media was not, first. That off the cuff. They call me off the cuff Kano sometimes, Do Tom. They? That is a nickname I've been given, and that was not pre-planned for all the listeners out there. So there you go. So Tom has brought his A-game for this podcast. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm very good, very good. It uh, feels like a long time since Christmas and the New Year. It, so, it, yeah,
0: it does, doesn't it? But we're, we're over halfway through January now, so that's good.
2: So how was 2023 for you? 2023, very busy. I think that's probably the first word I'd use. Um bit of a year of a transition and changing the team, but ultimately, from a publicist standpoint, it was a really strong year um, in terms of both revenue and brand count. It's two years that publicists have grown year on year with both of those metrics. And I think it's the highest in a fair few years since pre-pandemic, so... Busy, but ultimately a successful year. I'd also say it was a year when there was a lot of collaboration between publicists and DCM. We had a lot of partnerships. Um, We had four, to be exact, across three different brands uh, with two media firsts. I'm just wondering how many times I'm going to say media first. Well, that's That's twice. That's twice. That's quite strong. So that was a media second time. That one. (laughs) So um, so. Let's talk
0: about the big success stories and you've already hinted at some. What were the big success stories for you and uh, the publicist
2: team in 2023? Yeah. So I think probably the partnerships are always exciting to talk about. Right. Kind of stuff around um, more than just the kind of on screen elements. Um, we had two partnerships with Samsung, obviously a great supporter for cinema throughout the years. Um, their first one they did was a media first. That's number three, um, <laughs> Samsung U25, so they under 25 partnership uh, with Picturehouse, um, all around kind of targeting that young affluent audience to kind of promote their their phone the S23 back in February sort of time last year, which was very exciting. And then they followed that up with uh, a blockbuster opening week's um, partnership, which ran across the whole of summer, um, aligning with kind of big blockbuster titles throughout the summertime to promote their QLED, uh, Samsung Neo QLED uh, TV offering. And they had an amazing amazing performance which was great to work on really kind of i think from a dcm standpoint cho- showcases the power of cinema um, and the power of film they were all over barbenheimer which was obviously i'm sure we'll talk about that um throughout the podcast but it felt like a real big cultural moment for for cinema um so that was two partnerships samson done last year we also had a very very sexy partnership for gsk shingles <laughs> senior screenings yeah at picture house so targeting that over 55 audience around that kind of vaccination program an overlooked audience as an well overlooked people audience. With but you know what i think it just shows that you can target every sort of audience with cinema as well so that was a campaign that ran uh q3 q4 last year and then finally we had aviva with another media first number four um and they did a turn your phone off uh partnership with cineworld which was the first time cineworld have kind of opened up their estate to uh, to a brand to kind of utilize that messaging. So I've got to give a shout out to our DCM Studios team and in particular to Gabby, because when I told her that we were, I was coming on the podcast, she said, you better give me a shout out. So Gabby, thank you for the support. Well done, Gabby. So just briefly, what was your favorite film of 2023? I think it's hard to look past Oppenheimer. I mean, I think there was a lot of skepticism. It felt there was some skepticism in the last couple of years around kind of those big, long three hour films. Um, three and a half hours, obviously Oppenheimer, but I loved it. I think it was a cinematic masterpiece, um, something that I really enjoyed. I also, this might come as a bit of a surprise, I don't know, but plain Gerald Butler, just he, he does a lot for me. I don't know why, but I just like seeing him on a big screen. If you didn't see it, did you see it, Tom? I did, it was rock solid. It, it was a rock solid f- Yeah, really. I liked it a lot. So did I. Um, and I think uh, there was a bit of scepticism I- internally, maybe... Is it going to deliver? But it it, it soared. Pardon it, the pun. Did, it did, <laughs> soar. yeah. It but did soar. I, I thought it was as good as that film could have been. Almost, it was just like a, a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, what are your hopes for twenty twenty four, Tom? I'd probably say, hopefully, the same sort of enthusiasm, kind of from brands across the board, over at Publicist in terms of partnerships. They're really exciting to work on. I think it's a testament to the relationship we've got with the guys over there at Publicist. They've all at the, in the partnership teams and in the agency. Um, teams as well and obviously we'd like to kind of continue that momentum because four partnerships in a year is is pretty pretty good and i think in terms of kind of hopes in terms of film and cinema i'm hoping that June part two lives up to all the expectations and is worth the wait to be perfectly honest because i enjoyed the first one a lot of kind of like story building and world building but i was left wanting more basically and obviously there were strikes last year this has been pushed back a couple of times and i think there's a lot of demand from both clients in terms of brands, but also audiences as well, to see what Denis Villeneuve um, can bring again to the big screen. So, yeah, really, really excited for that. And that's out on the first of March.
0: Why do you think the cinema medium is still relevant in
2: 2024? I think cinema is probably more relevant than ever. I think I joined DCM back in 2021, a week after the cinemas reopened. Looking back, it was very, it was either naive, stupid, brave. There's a lot of adjectives that can be used to describe why I joined DCM at the time, but yeah, I think it was a good decision in the long run. I've enjoyed working here so much. And I think 2023, despite kind of the strikes that we had towards the back end of the year, felt like the most normal year. I don't know if you'd, you'd agree. Yeah, but I would. It felt like cinema was back. And I've not had a, an experience like cinema and like Barbenheimer since I've been here at DCM. We've obviously had to release a Bond since pre, uh, post-COVID as well. But this felt like a really big cultural moment and it got people in and outside of the industry talking about cinema and film again. So, yeah, I think brands now are probably looking and thinking if they missed out on that barbenheimer and moment, I think they're looking at, at cinema and the film slate and thinking, right, what's that next big cultural moment going to be? Hopefully, I think cinema is going to be even more relevant in 2024 than in 2023. And obviously, we have a lot of kind of insight and research all around kind of attention spans and audiences uh, kind of being very fragmented in the AV marketplace. I think cinema really is that kind of last bastion of full attention and kind of undivided attention at a big AV medium.
0: So you obviously chat with your clients and agencies regularly. What are the challenges that they're telling you they're facing in 2024?
2: I think there's a range, but I think from my standpoint and speaking to them, I think a challenge they're facing is obviously Euros and Olympics is out in the, in the summer this year. Olympics, it seems a bit weird. I don't think I've heard a huge amount about it. It feels weird that it's this summer. um doesn't seem to be having as much hype, but obviously brands... Like to associate with those big kind of sporting occasions, and I think challenges for them are kind of finding alternative kind of ways to reach different audiences at that sort of time. Because obviously, there's a lot of brands who are going to associate with those two those two events, but there's a huge array of blockbusters that are coming out across the summer that obviously brands can get get involved with, and also kind of um, how kind of clients can use cinema to kind of amplify their campaigns in and around those kind of uh, sporting moments. And I think I alluded to it in the last question as well. I think their clients, the, the clients that I'm speaking to, their challenges that they're being faced with is finding that next Barbenheimer and that next that next big cultural moment. I mean, it's a challenge for us as well. <laughs> a challenge for us. I mean, it'd be lovely if we could foresight that, right? Um, I know that obviously Deadpool's got the trailer in Super Bowl coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So maybe that's a film that could be the next kind of big cultural moment here in the UK.
0: What is one thing you'd really like to sell this year? Maybe that you ha- have been thinking about or focusing on, but you really want to get over the line this year.
2: You know what? I've, I sold it last year, Blockbuster opening weeks, and I want to sell it again this year. Samsung, unfortunately, didn't renew. Kind of around a focus of kind of wanting to align with sport and the Euros, um, which I kind of alluded to just then in, in the previous question. But it's such an amazing kind of opportunity and working on it so closely with the studios team and with a client at Samsung last year, I think if a brand's really trying to kind of embed itself with cinema and those highly engaged audiences who are kind of keen to see those big blockbusters first, the blockbuster opening weeks is the place and the partnership to be. So had a blast working on it last year and would love to sell it again this year. So you've already mentioned June Part 2, which is out on the 1st of March, and you've mentioned Deadpool 3, which currently
0: doesn't have a title, um, which is out in July. What films are you most looking forward to this year?
2: It's a tough one because the slate is really, really strong. I think... Probably Gladiator Two is one that I'm really excited Ooh, yeah, that's for. That's a good one. That's out in November, isn't it? Yeah. With Denzel, it's got a good cast. Paul Mescal, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And I think they wrapped up screening. I think yesterday or the yeah. Day Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott just
0: works all the time.
2: Timeless. Timeless. The first Gladiator is one of my favourite films. And that's November the twenty-second at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be a big similar sort of time frame to when Napoleon yeah. came out. And we saw how well that did as well, this yeah. this Q4 just gone. So really excited for Gladiator 2. Quiet Place Day 1. I love the Quiet Place franchise. Yes, that's the Quiet Place prequel starring Lupita Nyong'o. I yeah. love the Quiet Place series as well. So I'm, again, excited for that. I'm a bit of a sci-fi. I like my sci-fi. Yeah, 28th of June. 28th of June. So not too long. No. Not too long to wait. There's so many films. I mean, Joker, Folio, do. I'm quite interested to see how they how they do this. Obviously, we haven't seen any footage of it. Um Lady Gaga. Obviously joining up with Joaquin Phoenix. The first one's one of my favourite films over the last couple of years. I think it's a brilliant film. But obviously a musical kind of... Yeah, we'll see how it all works. Twang. I, yeah, I'm ex- I'm intrigued by this one a lot. And, and Lady Gaga's been doing amazing things in cinema in the last couple of years, right? So I think she's going to bring in some some audiences and some eyeballs as yeah. well. And I could see that being a bit of a standout film for the year. Yeah, that's 4th of October. Bit of a nerdy one. I'm really excited for Alien Romulus. I know we spoke about this yeah, the other I'm, day. Yeah, I'm
0: excited for it as well. I feel like, I, I always get slightly excited when an Alien film comes out because I hope that they
2: really do it well and I'm excited to see what they do with this one. I mean, I have no idea what they're going to do with it. Alien Romulus. Yeah, it's in August. Yes. And I've also, I've got a five-year-old niece, Tom. Yep. She's a real cutie. She's not Alien Romulus. She's not Alien Romulus. She's not very excited for that. be a bad uncle, that Yeah, you heard. Um, Mufasa coming out end of the year. Because oh, I remember going and yeah. seeing The Lion King when I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm like, that'd be quite cute to go and take my niece yeah, and watch as well. kids will love that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I
0: think it will, people of all ages will love that because the last Lion King did 8 million admissions. It was massive. Mm-hmm.
2: So fingers crossed for the same sort of admissions for this one.
0: Great. Well, thanks for joining me, Tom. Thanks. So that's it for the first podcast of 2024. Hopefully that gives you an idea of what to expect from us at DCM over the next 12 months. I'll be back next month. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.